Welcome to the Playing Footsie podcast. My name's Paul and each episode me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. Welcome to the first ever Playing Footsie podcast with myself, Paul. We've got Steve W, Steve D, and Zach. Say hello, guys. Hey, everyone. Hi, hi, guys. Hi. Nice, nice and, uh, nice and snappy that was there, right? Thank you. <laughs> right. This, this podcast is all going to be about stock market, stock market news, and just generally anything to do with finance. So, I'll be on here uh, every single episode and we'll get all the guys on in every single episode and we'll just chat about stocks. Today, lads, we've got to talk about GameStop, right? Because that's what's been happening today. Anyone got anything to say about that? Is this the UK game? <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Um... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> right. Good start. Good start. If anybody didn't know, GameStop uh, is getting short squeezed at the minute. You got short sellers. Uh, Melvin Capital, I think they're called, are uh, short selling, uh, buying up stock because they are trying to hedge their short sell. And Wall Street Bets is not letting them have any time off. I think they actually. Um, they've closed up, haven't they? Yeah. Sold out today. Yeah, actually. they've closed out. I think they closed. Today. Yeah, they took a they took a capital raise, didn't they, to to try and shore up the finances, and then they've had another day of it where I think it's ran up another hundred percent today, and they're they're out, they're done. Um, and Andrew left from Citroen, um, everyone's favourite comedy villain. Um, he's also um, he's closed out as well. He put a video out today saying that he just just you know you win essentially. Uh, it's now about how high can it go. Yeah. So, what is gonna happen then? What you know? What happens now? They've won the battle. They've occupied Wall Street. Wall Street bets is going absolutely mental. <sighs> what do they do? They holding on to the stock? Are they just all those thousands of people? Elon also sent out a Twitter post as well, just to kind of incite more more rampant behaviour. I think I don't know. If, I mean. He's, he's done it with Tesla before, hasn't he? I mean, every time he sends out a, a tweet, it either goes up or down and the whole market goes mental. I think. Yeah, and Signal. Etsy. Signal was the last big one. Etsy was Sig one of the other day. Etsy. Yeah. yeah, I think you guys are all in Etsy, right? Uh, the majority of you. No. Steve. <laughs> Chamath yeah. um, yeah. bought a whole load of calls as well, didn't he? He's... Um, I think he's already sold up though. I think he bought some February calls at 115, 130, something. It's already sold way past. He's, he's cashed no. in and he's donated all the money to charity, as far as I'm aware. So, so that was. Uh, that was yeah, cool. it's donated to <laughs> donated it to the Barstool Fund, <laughs> which obviously had a big, big hand in doing all this um, short selling and short squeezing. But what do, what I don't get is it was great. I I, I looked at the forum. Um, I looked at the Reddit. And I saw everyone going absolutely mental. Talking about occupying Wall Street, this is what it should have been. They're sticking it to the man. And 
basically the man has just gone okay no problem I'm out and then you got Chamath he's sold out as well what are the rest of the people going to do and is there going to be a lot of bag holders going on I mean it looks wonderfully short sighted doesn't it I mean okay so they're all together and they're all sticking together and no one's selling until we drive the short sellers out and then when you drive the short sellers out I mean then what uh, no one particularly wants this stock I don't think I mean there's good things and bad things to be said for GameStop but no one wants it at the current levels uh, particularly and then you need to I mean ideally I guess you need to try and organise a kind of concerted effort to get out but realistically that's not happening and it becomes a race for the exit again that's it that's going to be the whole thing I mean that is the bubble that's what we're calling a bubble right and AMC's the next one they're, I don't know what they're trying to do they're trying to save the cinema or uh, well they've given GameStop a, a chance <clears> haven't <throat> they um, they've given GameStop will have a chance to raise some credit at a fantastic value whether anybody will give them that credit is, is a different story but you know even if they get it at half the price it, share price today that's a chance that GameStop at least with Ryan Cohen from Chewy now on the board um Maybe maybe he can build uh, some kind of e-commerce site and, and save them. But I think the brick and mortar side of the business has been finished for a long time. They've lost money for the last three years. They've, they've got just about enough cash to lose another year's worth of, of money and they're done. Um, so, you know, they've, they've given them a little bit of leeway. But I sort of fear that the people buying at 360, 350, you're going to cut that with a 100% loss. You're coming at it wrong. You're coming at it wrong. You're looking at it like a business. This isn't the business. This is, this is just sticking it to people capitalism. sticking a middle finger. Yeah, they are. Well, at least they feel like it. And capitalism is going to bite them <clears throat> in the ass, or at least the majority of them. So there must be some people that got out early. Some of the smarter ones. Uh, and what happens to these smarter ones? What happens to these ringleaders? That's something I wanted to hear from Steve W. That one. Uh, what happens to them in terms of legalities or what happens to them in terms of uh, what the hell do they do next to try and get out of here? Legalities. Is there something coming? Is there a reckoning coming? Yeah, there's a disclaimer coming that says I'm not a lawyer and I don't know enough about this kind of law. Um, <laughs> but one thing I will say is one thing that I was looking at when I look at the kind of Wall Street bets chat, there's obviously a sense of wanting to push around for once the people um, that have been doing the pushing around, institutions, um, large-scale money managers, that kind of thing. And one thing to note that you need to be really careful about in these cases is that there is such a thing as illegal market manipulation. Um, you're not allowed to own in a group uh, more than a certain percentage of the shares of a company and then make a concerted effort to move the price together acting as a group. Whether they're above the relevant number, whether they count as a group, lots more interesting legalities that I don't know about, but I'm pretty sure this is not the same thing as just institutional money using its size and its weight. Uh, this is a kind of concerted effort to do something that I suspect they haven't thought about. How you stop them, um, how you go about prosecuting them, because there's loads of them, um, is, is beyond me, and I'm glad it's not a job. I did have a look on Wall Street Bets earlier. It's the first time I've ever looked on there. It's a really interesting place uh, that I will look at when I <laughs> don't want to do too much deep thinking about stuff. But um, I did see someone said I would hate to be the SEC intern who has to try and look through all of this lot. Uh, try and figure out what's going yeah. on. Could, could, I mean, hypothetically, could this keep going onto the next stock? Because I've seen Nokia have the same sort of lift up today. Hmm. 
I think there's quite a few. Yeah, they're different... trying. They're trying. <laughs> I think with they're the trying. AMC, Nokia. Uh, I can't remember. There was another one, um, but yeah, definitely AMC, Nokia. They they are trying. They <laughs> they've are, got to be careful be, to get... because it becomes like a weird Ponzi scheme, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Where they they move on to the next one, mm-hmm. pass the money along. Oh, don't worry. We'll just you'll you'll get your money from the next one, and and it's it's odd, really. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Reddit caused them out. I think Reddit is the sort of company that would suppress that kind of behavior as in illegal yeah. behavior you mean yeah yeah if if the sec goes yeah if the sec goes yeah this is wrong uh, and we're gonna find what the top 30 because they could easily find the top 30 people right in there <laughs> that are properly pushing it around it's almost a case of uh that leonardo dicaprio movie catch me if you can <laughs> yeah I think, I think it could end up becoming a, a movie or some sort of this. yeah because to be honest with you they're all going to be using pseudonyms they're all going to be using VPNs <laughs> it's going to be hard to find them but then it, well, I don't know yeah the, oh, no, but you'll hear, they'll be better you'll than hear us him, you'll hear them sc- screaming blockchain <laughs> not <on a> <laughs> yeah. the, the, the narrative is, is yeah. when, when you read the narrative they're, they're basically saying well you know these hedge funds Citroen they're a bunch of market manipulators so why can't we be and it's kind of like it's a dangerous narrative really because without proof uh, you know it's not true is it so if you've got proof so yeah you're right if if, if it went like proper we could go to the proper Robin Hood as its name and you could say that these guys are going to be the polices of the dickhead short short markets mm. and because everything that Citroen shorts everything that Muddy Waters brings out on a short they'll just go ah we'll squeeze you out wasn't JP Morgan in the news for market manipulation a few times now I think they've been fine I think for it it is, as well, oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think it's a case yeah. of uh, trying to kind of go against the traditional banks in the sense like Kathy Woods is <laughs> in her new presentation which I've not read yet <laughs> I'm still looking at orbital aerospace you got to comment on something that you've not read yet that <laughs> I'm only I've only read the uh, aerospace I mean I mean I'm interested in the new ETF to be fair with you not obviously we can't buy but um, the picks I mean most of them are going to be what Penny stocks. <laughs> yeah. Most of the drone stocks are at the moment. So yeah, I did. I've read through the new arc thing. I I read everything that Kathy Wood produces. I watch all of her videos, uh, even the Kathy Wood after hours videos, and uh, I find it fascinating. I'm big in. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what they're called, is it? <laughs> Kathy Wood after hours. Trying to, try to think of an innovation piece. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, very careful. I just need to be. <laughs> but yeah, like I'm big into the uh, innovation thing. I like to see where things are coming. And um, she listed out, as I recall, because I haven't got it in front of me. Uh, she started by, ri- well, she didn't. Obviously, it's her analyst, but she started by really ripping Intel a new one. Uh, any of you guys got anything to say about Intel? I'm long Intel. I'll talk about Intel for a bit. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, Intel's a company where it's clear that they're behind at the moment on AMD and a bunch of their competitors, and they're badly behind uh, because they've managed themselves fairly poorly. Uh, whether you put that down to complacency, whether you put that down to poor management, whether you put that down to something else, Intel are behind, and the nice chart that they had um, on the art presentation uh, showing the line for Intel's progress against Moore's Law nicely illustrates that. Yeah. But um, Intel, yeah. of course, are semiconductors chip manufacturers. And what we know about semiconductors and chip manufacturers, just from looking at um, the general history of this thing, is products don't tend to last that long. Uh, it tends to be fairly volatile who's ahead. And so when I'm looking across the kind of chip companies, uh, what ones I think might be attractive and what ones might not, there's questions of whether you want ones with bigger scale uh, or a better product or um, better, a bigger R&D budget, uh, better current technology, a higher PE, to, a PE or a lower PE, uh, plus a bit of a dividend and a buyback program to help things along. And with my kind of value hat on, uh, things point me towards Intel here. I mean, they've got a bigger R&D budget, a lower P2E, a wider moat, um, albeit a negative moat trend, uh, and they look like a wildly better pick than AMD, which is ahead at the moment, but is going to have to fight extremely hard to stay there. Uh, so no one disputes, I think, that... Um, Intel's behind, and Intel's badly behind, and Intel's made a number of missteps. Their ability to correct that is what we're kind of betting on from here, I think. And I think we're kind of priced for uh, something like decent odds on that happening. The, the ball's in Intel's court. Um, they generate so much cash. They just need to, they just need to get better at everything. And as, as, as hard as that sounds, yeah. is that they've they've got a little bit complacent. They've fallen a little bit behind. They're still generating mountains of cash. Uh, and they feel like they've had a guy in charge of them who was just happy for things to be as they are. Um, whether the new CEO who's just come in will change that is 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 up for debate. And it's one of those things that, well, do you do you want to take Intel at this price? You're not going to lose. There's not an awful lot of downside. There, there feels like there's plenty of upside with the dividend and the buybacks alone. You won't be a million miles away from beating the market if we if well unless we have another 65% S and P. Um, rise in 2021 um, but general market conditions 10 percent <laughs> intel won't be a million miles away from that yeah because i had intel and i sold out because i became very conflicted about that space i didn't understand it and i'm worried that a lot of people do think they understand it when it is so so complicated mm -hmm. and they're talking about you know you dive into x86 and arm and uh, chris v it's it's so much information there i just cannot tell who's going to be the winner at the end of it all and arc would come at it from a slightly different point and say it's not in intel's dna right now to be innovative and uh, keep their moat massive they are just going to lose because they don't have the right management in place and they've brought on the guy from vmware who is you know he's in he's the the new wave of those CEOs. Uh, I just don't know. I, I had to get out because I just realized that the space is so competitive and so complicated. Uh, but Kathy also talked about genomics. Anyone else got anything on the genomics sector that they talked about in that presentation? So I love Arc's genomics ETF. Um, I find it an endlessly kind of fascinating thing because it kind of reminds me of what I think is probably the most interesting to me thing about Arc. So obviously, um, 
they're uh, an investment firm and they have really, really excellent, whichever, whatever you think about them, they have excellent marketing. Um, they have caught the attention of a lot of people in a really big way to the point that people are now trying to kind of front run their um, upcoming space ETF. But on the subject of genomics, I'm kind of reminded that their sort of big narrative is the moats against the disruptors and the moats are going to lose and the disruptors are going to take them over, uh, basically. But when we look down their kind of arc thing, I mean, uh, their, sorry, genomics thing, they have a lot of stuff that kind of appeals to me with my value hat on. Um, they have Bristol-Myers Squibb in there. They have Roche in there, which when I looked this morning, it was saying it was their sixth biggest holding. Um, that's not a disruptor. That's a moat and a value thing, if anything is. Uh, there's plenty yeah. more. They've got Novartis in there. So I guess one yeah. of the things that makes me sort of wary about ARC, I don't know what to make of genomics uh, specifically for what it's worth. I'm not claiming to be a genomics expert. I wasn't a chips expert five minutes ago. Um, but here's one thing I would point out. One of the things that I see a little bit in our kind of chat is people thinking, I'll do the kind of ARC thing and I'll just kind of take the top end of their ETFs and buy the stuff that's in there. So I'll take CRISPR and I'll take Square and I'll take Tesla and I'll take uh, a few things along those kind of lines. The point about ARC, as far as I can see, is that they are making big sector coverage bets. They're trying to buy pretty much everything that's got anything going for it genomics-wise at the moment with the idea that they're going to catch the winner in that kind of big net that they're dragging around. So suggesting that, well, I'll just take whatever their biggest holding yeah. is and back that one and go all out on CRISPR or something like that is a really, really dangerous idea uh, from what I can see of it. Because even ARC don't think with that much mm. conviction that CRISPR is going to be the big winner. They think that genomics as a trend is going forwards. Maybe they're right. Uh, and there are going to be big winners in that. But if you ask them specifically who's going to win, well, they'll probably tell you all of them from a marketing perspective. But... I doubt they believe that deep down. And I think what they're doing is quite sensibly covering quite a lot of risk. Yeah, I'd agree. Definitely. There's a lot of value in that ETF. There's uh, to mention Bristol Myers and Roche, uh, Novartis, which, you know, Novartis is doing pretty terribly at the moment. It hasn't recovered from the pandemic at all, but they are still boshing in a ton of money into that. Bristol one. Myers is in Buffett's portfolio and he's not known for buying disruptors. Well, that's it. So how does how does the pharmacology and healthcare sector, whatever you want to call it, how does that go? The big companies, they acquire these little companies, right? And uh, I think I spoke to one of you guys about it in the past. Um, CRISPR, CRISPR Therapeutics base is actually inside the same building as Pfizer. So they are talking to each other all the time they know what's going on and it'll just be a matter of time before they get bought out right does anybody want to pay the sort of prices economics companies would want you're paying 30 billion for 300 million of revenue on not right on, now on, on probably the best ones so when when do we buy when when does somebody like Bristol Myers I mean you're going to talk in 45 million for, for acquiring CRISPR 30 million for 10x genomics why there's no reason to buy these companies at the moment but in the same vein they could just go up and up and up and up and, and never be achievable i mean yeah definitely possible but like you say they can't they can't these companies these um genomics companies that are let's talk about like long sequencing um sequencing of a gene they these companies can't scale they can't scale on their own they surely they're going to require someone with a lot more cash someone with uh, a lot more reach to 
give them the next push. When the genomic revolution starts to happen, I don't think they think we've hit that inflection point yet for the exponential growth of genomics, right? Hmm. They think it's going to be in the next 10 years, sir. I have a sort of related question. Um, who doesn't own Lockheed Martin? And why don't they own it? Because ARC own it. It's in their um, autonomous ETF. Uh, I own it because it's fairly cheap and generates decent cash. It pays a dividend, so people like Paul own it, and it's pretty good for that kind of thing. Uh, what's not to like here? Who doesn't own this, and why don't they own it? <laughs> it feels slightly hostile. <laughs> I particularly never looked at it. <laughs> it's going down. Yeah. Uh. People don't want to own it very much. Why are you buying it, you bunch of idiots? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone else is buying it. I have no idea why I don't buy Lockheed Martin. Uh, I, I did do the comparison the when I bought Raytheon. Didn't, uh, I don't know, it just didn't stand out to me. Uh, maybe it's just not cool. Have you thought about that? You know, that's the market right now, right? Things have to be cool. I mean, you have seen me, haven't you, right? Do I look like I spend a lot of time thinking about what's cool? <laughs> but there's also the ethics also. I mean, a lot of people associate with it with it, with it being defense and, mm. you know, the military in, industrial complex. I think that kind of comes into the gambling side as well. Where it, people just coin them as um but people own the... other stuff people are people are going into boeing well they sort of were <laughs> boeing's had a bad day today i think i think it came well in under revenue eps and it's delayed at 777 so uh yeah maybe people won't be buying that but that to me boeing is the most unethical company out there at the moment like screw your oil boeing is just terrible it's it's literally killed people and then covered it up. Oh, I should not say that, right? Uh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Has anyone seen Jack Moore lately? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Moore's back. Yeah. Jack Ma's back. Uh, I made. I must have made a load on Alibaba because Jack Ma. The thing is with, come with back. I think one of the issues <laughs> with all the defense stocks is that um, BlackRock is is making a pretty big switch to ESG, isn't it? It's trying to push a lot of people down ESG. So naturally, they're not going to need to hold as much of these yep. defense stocks. They're not going to need to hold as much. And I think Black. I think people often forget that BlackRock own nearly ten percent of every major stock going with Vanguard as well. It's it's probably twenty percent. So if we're pushing down ESGs, we're talking about these really, really big whales slowly drip feeding the stocks back into the you know, back into the pond that they don't want. And it's just gonna naturally cause a downward pressure on the price. But I mean Lockheed Martin's a stock I really like. Boeing is a stock I used to like. I find it very difficult to like now. Um but I don't own any defence stocks whatsoever. It's just not an area I'm particularly interested in. Okay, we'll end this podcast with any stocks of the week anyone's looking at. I'll start because I just looked at uh, AT&T today on their earnings. Uh, they are, I think they came in at 41 million new subscribers for the year. But that does include HBO and HBO Max subscribers. Uh, so I feel like that might be a little bit, um, they might be fudging the numbers a little bit there on that one but it does sound like positive news they're making one percent growth 
there, I think there's something in AT&T and there are a lot of people calling for AT&T to be at $40 uh, by mid this year. Uh, I'm quite still behind. I bought some more AT&T on the news today. Uh, I don't think anyone else will. Anyone else got any other stocks they're looking at? Yeah, okay. Um, I'll just revisit a previous theme that we were looking at. I mean, I'm looking at GameStop and I'm not looking at buying GameStop and I'm not looking at shorting GameStop because I can't work out which one I'd less rather do. But I am looking at, in general, GameStop pulling money as people try to cover their shorts uh, and the squeeze kind of goes on, uh, drawing money away from things that I'm interested in in my portfolio at the moment. So I've got a few things that I already hold. There's nothing new that I'm desperately interested in. But as things start coming down that I already own, I'm looking at GameStop to act as a magnet to try and move some other things down for me. So I'll be watching that quite carefully. I'm looking at Cineworld. Because it's also cinema. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, no. Um, I've been looking at some boring stuff. To be fair with you, I've only been Are looking you at. Serious? Um... <laughs> I was looking at what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, to be fair, this is my only UK holding. Um, it's a small mining stock. I won't say anything more. Actually, it's about it's a small Bitcoin mining stock. Um, they have um, printers in, in Canada. Apparently, Canada is really cheap for electricity. So they have uh, a massive margin compared to other companies uh, doing similar stuff. But no, um, no, I've just been looking at um, you got, downfall of You're Bitcoin. not concerned that Bitcoin is just... The price of Bitcoin determines the price of these stocks. You're not concerned with that? Yes. Yes, and the reason I'm not in Bitcoin as the crypto itself is because with companies they can always kind of rotate into different different coins. I think putting money into just BTC, I think that's just that scares me a little. I think yeah. because the, these guys are also in Ethereum and um, some other stuff as well. I think um, they have a bit of flexibility, and I think part of their uh, appeal is that they're able to increase their margins on. On, on mining I guess nah fair enough we won't go too much into Bitcoin because I think we can do Bitcoin to death uh, CD finish us off yeah I've got um, I've got a company that's looking to provide cheap electricity to Zarex uh, mining company in Canada uh, they're called Algonquin um, they, I'm looking to <laughs> put them as part of my satellite of my portfolio which is generally companies that sorry it's like the, the core of my portfolio which is generally companies that have uh, that are well priced and uh, and Algonquin the AGC is the ticker they, they certainly look like that lovely mm. great to, that's a good finish that is okay so everybody thank you very much for listening to our very first podcast I realize that that's going to be pretty disjointed there's going to be a lot of things that we need to improve on there uh, if you feel like leaving a comment, you can leave a comment in the YouTube section of this podcast and let us know what you thought about it. We'll, we can take it, trust me. And if you have any questions that we'd like to that you'd like us to discuss in future videos, feel free to leave that in a comment as well. And thank you very much for listening. We will improve in the future. <laughs> <laughs>